was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for to die for God for them and for all the singers who lead us in worship. And now I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So, when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. All of us have experienced a period of our periods when it did not seem that things were working out right, when despite our best efforts, everything was happening except what we really wanted to happen. Sometimes it seems that the more you try to do right and good, the worse things get. Things come into your life that are painful and unpleasant. But I don't need to elaborate further. Every person in this room has had at least one time when you came to the point that you said things don't seem to be working out right. Some of you have come to that point many times. Some of you are at that point right now. As I studied our scripture lesson, I felt that in some ways things did not seem to be working out right. The saints in general and certain individual saints in particular were experiencing some terrible things. About six years after Christ ascended, Stephen, one of the first deacons of the church, was killed. But notice that 67 verses of scripture are used to describe the whole scene of his arrest, trial, and execution. Acts 6 and 8 through Acts 7 and 60. 67 verses. A deacon was the first individual killed because he was a Christian. One of our deacons is probably already saying, well, things don't seem to be working out right in that area. If a deacon was the first one killed, the stoning of Stephen was one of the first events in a wave of persecution that broke out against the church. Paul of Tarsus, 
who would later be called the Apostle Paul, was one of the leaders of this persecution. And because of the persecution, the saints left Jerusalem and were scattered out all over Judea and Samaria. Now, before that time, Peter and John had been arrested. And in another incident, all of the apostles were arrested and beaten. Stephen had been killed, and the saints were persecuted and ran out of town. Things did not seem to be working out right. But in Acts 8 and 4, the Bible says, therefore, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. Now, this verse gives me an opportunity to make my first point. Don't allow the fact that things don't seem to be working out right to stop you from witnessing for the Lord, serving the Lord, and trusting God. For many people, their first response to adversity is to stop doing what they're doing for the Lord. They stop going to church. They stop testifying. They stop worshiping and praising the Lord. They stop serving God. They stop tithing and giving their offerings. But Romans 8:28 in the Living Bible version says, all that happens to us is working out for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. Now I want to elaborate on this more extensively later, but now let me focus on fitting into his plans. If this is the work for you, then you must be sure that you are fitting into God's plans. The rougher it gets, the more diligently you ought to do God's will. Witness now. Serve now. Give now. These disciples went everywhere preaching the word. Let's quickly note that after a time, God gave them a period of relief. And in Acts 9, 31, the Bible says, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, the Bible informs us that there hath no temptation taken you with such as is coming to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but he will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. And God will not carry you beyond what he will not help you to bear. God always steps in before we have exceeded our limit. And their first trial, or after their first trial, they had a period of rest, edification, and comfort. And not only should they have praised God for that time, they should have retained that good period in their minds so that the memory could sustain them during those periods which, when things did not seem to be working out all right. During the bad times, sometimes it's good to look back on the good times. This is bad, but I've had it good. I've been blessed. God has brought me safe thus far. That gives you a faith for the future and faith to go on. The same God who blessed in the past can bless in the future. But then we are told in Acts 11 
and 28 that there was a worldwide famine, and this famine affected both saints and sinners. Every problem you have is not a result of your being a saint, nor should you expect to be exempted from problems because you are a saint. After you've prayed about your situation, you just have to do the best you can to deal with them because they are the common lot of humanity. God did not just pick you out because you're saved. Sometimes everybody has to go through trials and tribulations. Jesus himself lost his earthly father at a very early age. Joseph was probably around 40 years old when he passed away, but definitely not more than 50 years old when he died. Joseph lived with the Son of God. Jesus lived in his house, but he was not spared from an earthly death. But if the famine was not enough, a wicked ruler by the name of Herod Agrippa launched another wave of persecution against the church. The Bible says that he persecuted the saints because it pleased the Jews. It's bad to allow other people to choose your friends for you and to cause you to mistreat others in order to gain their favor. In one verse, Acts 12 and 2, the execution of the apostle James, the second saint to be killed, is described. He, Herod Agrippa, killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. The second believer to be killed for the faith was a preacher. And I guess now the preachers want to say that things don't seem to be working out right. 67 verses to describe Stephen's arrest, trial, and storming, and one verse to describe James. Stephen was just a person, and James was an apostle. He was not just an apostle. He had been a member of the inner circle of Jesus Christ. Peter, James, and John were there at the transfiguration. They were in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had named James and his brother Sons of Thunder, but they were the ones who had asked for the privilege of sitting on the right and on the left of Jesus in the kingdom. It was in the same passage that Jesus predicted that James would be killed for the faith. James was one of the first disciples chosen after 14 years of faithful service, though James was killed, and he got just one verse. And then Herod Agrippa placed Peter under arrest, and because of a Jewish religious celebration, he could not be executed immediately. Thus he was kept in prison with a guard of 16 soldiers so that at the end of the celebration, he could be brought forth and executed. He was in prison for a few days, but the saints were praying for Peter. And on the last night before his execution, a miracle took place. Listen, when things don't seem to be working out right, then pray. In the middle of the night, a great light shined on the prison and an angel appeared and touched Peter and told him to arise up quickly. Peter was chained with both hands and he might have argued, how can I arise with these chains on my arms? But he, when he arose, 
the chains miraculously fell off of his arms. I said when he arose, the chains fell off. Don't wait for the chain to fall before you get up. Get up, and the chains will fall off. And I see chains dropping off right now. My brother, my sister, when you got up, chains fell off. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for liberty. Thank God for setting you free. When the chains fell off, the guards were still lying asleep. When Peter wrapped his garments around him and walked out with the angel, first through one section and then another section of the prison. And when they came to the main gate of the prison, it opened automatically. What a powerful God we serve. The gate unlocked and swung open, and Peter walked out the main gate. He rushed to the church to greet the saints and then went into hiding for a while. But even in the midst of adversity and in the midst of adverse circumstances, God still showed himself to be God. And I just want you to know today, God will show himself to be God in your situation. He was a jailbird and a fugitive for God, but God worked miracles on his behalf. He was confronted by trials, and it would have been worse. It could have been worse. That's what he decided. Listen, it's not worse. It could be worse. God has brought me through that. I know God will bring me through this. Somebody in the audience ought to say, if God brought me through that, God will bring me through this. Some are so distressed with the negativity that they forget the miracle that God has wrought in the past. Paul was a captive on the island of Malta. Vipers had bitten him, but he kept on going forth. And God miraculously delivered him from the poison that the viper had injected into his body. Friends had come to meet him. And when he saw friends coming to meet him, even in chains, in the midst of it as adversity, the apostle Paul said, thank God, God has blessed me with friends and they've come to see me. If you've got a friend, you've got something to praise God for because real friends are hard to find. Someone might want to start a protest movement against God. Why was Peter spared and James killed? Why did Stephen get 67 verses and James got only one verse? Why didn't the saints pray for James like they did for Peter? And you might answer that Peter was more useful than James, but how many useful men have been struck down in the prime of their life? How many useless folk live to see a hundred? What would he think about your protest movement? But well, James would say, listen, it might not seem that things are not working out right, but I would answer, stop the protest. Things did work out. Number one, I was saved. And child of God, you might be in trouble, in distress, but if God has saved your soul, that means God is good to you. Even in the midst of adversity, God is good. He's worthy of the honor. Listen, the first moment you spend in heaven, 
will pay for it all. The Bible says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so everybody who knows the Lord Jesus has something to be thankful for. Praise him for coming into your life. Praise him for coming into your heart. Praise him for delivering you from the bondage of the enemy. Jesus was the son of God. He was so needed in the earth, but he was with his disciples only three years. At the age of 33, he died a horrible death. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass, but not my will, your will be done. And according to the will of God, Jesus died on the cross. But on the third day morning, Jesus defeated death for all of us, not only for himself, but for me. He proclaimed, I'm he that was dead, and I'm alive forevermore. I've got the keys to death and to hell and the grave. Listen, there is no door that Jesus cannot unlock. There's no way that Jesus cannot make. Jesus proclaimed, grave, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Listen, church, things may not seem to be working out right, but with all the challenges that we see, all the challenges we are faced with the pandemic, not being able to gather in the house of God, losing loved ones to death, unjust leaders in the land, hatred and civil unrest, politicians losing their mind. Listen, don't worry about other people. Don't worry about their success or their failure. Just walk with God. Things are not always as they seem. Things don't seem to be working out. But we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the call according to his purpose. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Listen, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. It might be rough now, but I see you reaping. I see you walking in victory. I see you walking in the almighty power of our God. By and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God will be gathering home. We'll tell the story how we overcome, we'll understand it better by and by. By and by, God is going to turn things around. Jesus is our example. And things did not seem to be working out for Jesus, but Jesus, on the third day morning, arose from the dead. He defeated death. I hear the Lord saying, I defeated death. And if you trust me, if you will rely upon me, just like I came out, I will bring you out. I brought you safe thus far, and my grace is going to lead you on. You're not defeated. You will not lose. You are going to win. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is going to give you victory. God is going to make you an overcomer. Listen, when the shuttle goes into space or when the rocket ship takes off from the earth, there are usually two giant boosters on the side of that rocket ship, and those boosters are what lift the ship from the earth. 
and carry it toward space. After a while, those boosters drop off. If they did not drop off, the rocket ship might not be able to carry their weight when their fuel is dispensed. And so, child of God, there are some things that we need to let go of, that need to drop out of us, that need to leave us so that we can go higher. Those so-called boosters need to drop off because they would restrain us from reaching our objective. But listen, God is not like a booster. God will lift you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God will never turn his back on you. Put your hand in his hand. I see you walking in victory and in power. Hallelujah. As we go forward, I see God going with us. And if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me, wherever I be, if he is there. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. I'm on my way to victory in the omnipotent power of Almighty God. So our prayer should be, Lord, things may not be working out as we would like. But dear Lord, we trust you. We love you. We rely on you. We're going to trust in your power to take us through. I see things turning around. I see things being re-regulated, transformed, and changed by the power of Almighty God. I see myself walking in victory and in power in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's give God glory. Let's give God honor. Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands and give God praise. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his presence. So many in this day of the pandemic, in this time of worldwide pain and worldwide death, we've got to trust in our Lord. We've got to lean on God. My brother, my sister, you might feel so alone. Life may be reversing itself and problems may be arising in your life. But I want to recommend to you Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He died for your sins. But not only did he die, he arose again from the dead. And because he lives, you can live also. The greatest power on earth is the power over death. And Jesus defeated death. He reigns now over the living and over the dead. And if you know Jesus Christ, you have the key to victory and to power. He died for us, not because we loved him, but because he loved us. And when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Accept Jesus as your Savior. Don't try to live without him, without his involvement, without his presence, without his power. Your life can be new. Your life can be great. If you would accept the Lord Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I love you. I thank you that you gave your life 
for my sins. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my master. I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I accept you now in Jesus' name. And I thank you. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I have new life. So let's praise God for new life. I would hope that you accepted the Lord as Savior. If you have no church home, you would find one. I recommend very enthusiastically West Angeles Church, a good place to grow and to develop in the things of God. We love you and we would welcome you to our fellowship and we thank God for your giving your life to Jesus Christ on this day. I want us now to have the Lord's Supper and commune with one another, share a time of fellowship, we're absent from the house of the Lord, and we're in essence absent even from one another. But the Lord left us a rite, a sacrament called the Lord's Supper, our communion, whereby we can reenact the drama of our fellowship with the Lord and our salvation in God. Listen, Jesus shed his blood and the fruit of the vine is the symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ that we partake of. Jesus.